It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I uh, hope you're doing well. Just a quick one. We have changed over the feed of the podcast. So if you weren't subscribed or if you did subscribe at the beginning, you probably won't be subscribed now. So please, uh, if you want, please go and hit subscribe on your iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're kind of listening to. We've we've changed that over. So if you could go uh, change that, that'd be amazing. Sorry for the hassle. Uh, just had some technical issues. However, let's move it on to this week's show. It's one of my good homies from Chicago, Gene Farris. Doesn't really need much of an introduction as he's been around for so many years, done or had so many achievements in music, released some amazing music. And uh, yeah, this conversation was really good. It got pretty deep. We spoke about uh, issues in the industry, uh, issues in the world and current situation of what's going on at the moment. Uh, without further ado, the one and only Gene Farris. Gene Farris, how's it going, man? What's up, brother? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm just um, living life COVID-free, baby. What can I say? That's that's the way <laughs> forward, right? That's it. That's the only way. Got to just um, sit tight, maintain, and... Um, be careful, you know, that's the best way to say it and use common sense, man. That's what, it, right? What a fucking crazy time right now. Unbelievable. Um, I was speaking to, um, who was I talking to yesterday? It was somebody in our industry. Oh, actually, I went golfing yesterday with uh, Green Velvet's nephew, with Bruce, the guy who runs relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to Bruce on the golf course yesterday. He's like, man industry's crazy right now man he's like everything's nuts i said man you know we're in uncharted territories bruce like i've never um experienced anything like this um as a human let alone as a as a person in the in the just the dj <laughs> yeah so it's, um, it's wild. this is definitely uncharted territories uncharted waters um i was i was just having dinner know. with my parents and uh my dad just came out with it and was like, I think this is going to be going on for like the next 18 months. And I'm like, way to, way to make me feel good, dad. <laughs> <laughs> way to live my spirits, pop. Jeez. You know what? It's not good. What's that? Well, the festivals we've been doing, you know, the, the big ones like, you know, you know, the cream fields and the, the real spring awakening and the movements and, uh, you know, um, Tomorrowlands and all. I don't see that happening probably until 2022, to be realistic. Jeez. Um, yeah, those that level of festival. I could be wrong. I pray I'm wrong. My, my wife prays I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so does the mortgage company and the bank balance. Yeah, man. The bill collectors pray that I'm that I'm right, you know, but everybody else, you know, my family hopes that I'm wrong, you yeah. know, but 
I think those that level of festival we won't see for another until 2022. But clubs, you know, I think that'll come back first, maybe indefinitely, like rooftop open air parties, like state, yeah. like we had here at the state, and um, you know, different venues like that that have open air rooftops. I think that'll be the boogie probably all next year. Um, and then they may ease into clubs, but I think there's going to be a lot of restrictions. Like, like I'm playing spy bar on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a 50 person capacity maximum. Yeah. So it's just like, basically yeah. all my mates are going to come over and just chill. <laughs> you got to wear a mandatory mask. And you're not allowed you to know, dance. Um, you can dance, but just, you know, obviously the, the brilliant thing is, is for, for, for you and I, we're in the DJ booth, so yeah. we kind of away from everything. Um, and I'm going to be wearing a mask while I DJ as well, even though I'm going to be up there all by myself. But yeah. I just want to give the right message to people that um, we should be wearing masks and we should be trying to be as respectful as we can. And yeah, and you just have trying to, to do the right thing. You have to. I, I was in Bristol the other day and... <clears throat> It's a bit different over here in the UK, um, just where, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I, the whole mask thing isn't like being promoted as much as it is in the US, um, obviously, right. but like I was in Bristol the other day and no fucker was wearing a mask and it was like I was wearing a mask and people just look at you like you're this fucking crazy dude. Um, <laughs> and I've got this like black mask. It looks like I'm gonna rob a bank without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> and but especially with that beard coming exactly. up, exactly. Like, I just look like this crazy fuck? motherfucker. It's just, it's just not good. <laughs> but I was, I actually had um, John Curley and Joe Calderon on the podcast last week, and they oh, were, oh, wicked. Okay. yeah, they were kind of talking about uh, all the stuff that's going on with Spy Buys. I feel, I feel, to be fair, like, I don't know your, like, situation right now, but I I feel blessed right now, the situation I'm in. However, I feel really fucking sorry for, like, the venues, the bar, the, the, the like, sure. bar staff, the, like, the promoters, everybody that's kind of, that has to. Well, the whole industry, really, Yeah, it's right? fucked, man. It's so fucked. And I just. You know, for. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I agree with you totally. And that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, how do I say it? Like a scale, right? It's yeah. and on one hand it's brilliant. You know, we've had a time to step back, reflect, yeah. um, enjoy a summer. Like when's the last time you enjoyed a summer? Like yeah, yeah, this yeah. has been great as far as that, you know? Um, enjoying actual time with my family and not seeing sounding cliche, but actually enjoying my time with my son. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, I mean, shit, you know, look at this. We got bikes and shit. <laughs> fuck. Like, I don't, I don't bike ride. What the fuck is that, man? Like, you know, I don't, this is all like new territory about things I talked about on a plane or in the green room with you. Like, oh man, if I was at home right now, I would be, xyz yeah yeah you know but now now i have the actual time to do it um and it's been great for i yeah. say 90 percent of the time but you know i've I seen a meme that kind of uh they kind of uh kind of kind of explain this whole thing with some parents and it had um the guy what's his name maury has a show with the 
you're not the father kind of thing. <laughs> and it, he had, the meme says, um, you said if you had time to spend with your children, you would love it. But COVID-19 has showed that that is not true. <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> so, you know, it's like I said, 90% of the time it's great. You yeah. know, 10% of the time I get cabin fever. I start freaking out. My wife's like, go for a walk or something or, or you know, go to the studio, you know what I mean? And come back, you know, yeah. and then usually when I go and I go to the studio, because my, my studio's not here at the house where I live, it's at um, uh, another building that my mom actually lives in that building, okay. actually. It's yeah, the yeah. building I grew up in. We own that building. So my studio's there. Um so sometimes, man, I have to escape and yeah. you know get closer to music. Absolutely, you know, I get I get I get the itch, um, and I miss it so much. I miss the people so much, man. Yeah. Um, I miss that energy so much. You know, um, it's 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 definitely a balance of love and hate, and you know, things where you think about you know, what I was doing last year, you know, you kind of torture yourself. Like, shit, this time last year, I was, and then you fucking, you know, Facebook doesn't fucking help. It pops up right on your timeline. You're like, in the middle of like 20,000 people, like, yeah, motherfucker. You know, so it's like, it, 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 you know, you just gotta kind of, like I said, some of those things actually may never happen again on that level. Yeah. So you have to be, be thankful that we had those moments. Um, hopeful that we have them again. Yeah. Um, and just do everything that you can right now to ensure that you're doing your part that this gets over as quick as possible. Totally. Totally, man. It's 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 a very crazy time for a lot of people. Um yeah, man. in 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 lots of industries, especially the entertainment. We're not a necessity as much as we all think and no. our egos want to tell ourselves that we're a necessity in life. We're fucking not. No. <laughs> we're no. the first we're There's the first people, people just, to go. Like first people. We're the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Bottom of the barrel, man. One hundred percent. Um they but, can listen to us in their car or watch us, you know, for film guys. They're they're just as screwed as us. Like they figured yeah. out like we don't really have to go to the movies to see the Avengers, do we? We can just like watch it on our couch. You know what I mean? You know, and then for us, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have to listen. To, I don't really have to go see Gene or Will. Like, <laughs> I can just turn them on like Spotify, for, you know, until this thing's over with. You know, it's, it's like you realize very quickly that you're not a doctor. You're not yeah. a nurse. You're not a teacher. You're not a cop. You're just... You're just a form of entertainment to make people kind of forget about their normal day, which is a very important thing. Escape reality. But it's, that's that's yeah, what we're there not, for. Right. But we're not top of the bed, top of the food nah, chain man. by any means in this situation. So you know? it, in the UK, the cinemas um, open this weekend. And then, oh, that's wicked. Yeah. And then I got an email from uh, the, the cinema that I go to and it was like, okay, we were supposed to be opening this weekend, but we moved it back to the July the 10th, and then we've moved it back to July the 31st. And I'm like, of course they moved it back. There's no films. Like, no There's one's... No, why would you fucking go and see everything that was in beforehand is just gone and out? Like, there's no movies. So it's like, I don't know what they're going to be playing. It's like, you know, Finding Nemo. That's, part that's what I was going to say, like, Frozen 2, yeah. Uncut Version. <laughs> 
you know, uh, what else do we got out Rocky. there? Like Avengers, right? Avengers uncut version. Everything's going to be uncut versions, pretty much. Yeah, and director's we'll cut. <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, you're right. Like they've been holding off. You know, I'm a big um, comic nerd as well too. So they've been holding off on this um, Black Widow yeah. film. I've been waiting on. Just because of all of this, and I think they're talking about not bringing it out now until like the end, of, like towards more the end of the year. So they did the same with James Bond. James Bond was supposed yeah. to be coming oh. out in like April, I think. Oh, great! I forgot about that. And That's then, the last one he's doing too. Daniel's yeah, I know. One. I know. And then it's going. It, I think November it's coming out in November. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> it's it's wild, man. I like again. Imagine how much money that industry is just like flush down the I toilet. said I said I said once the film industry and the sport industry gets back to a sense of normalcy then I feel like there's hope for us <laughs> they're kind of like our big brothers whether we like to admit it you know admit it or not you know they're, they're our big entertaining brothers yeah. so once the film industry and in the, in the, in the uh you know sports industry comes back and that stadiums are rocking again then I'll say, okay, cool. I think that movement might happen. You know what I mean? Or, I think it's time or, to uh, open up some some raves, some like small, tiny venues, like super underground. There was a, a few, maybe a month ago in the UK. It's so sad. In Manchester, someone held like an outside rave and it was fucked. It was oh, stupid. Shit. It was like 4,000 people there. Two, I think... I think one guy got stabbed and killed and oh, and no. and a, a fucking 18 year old got raped and you're just like this isn't what we're doing it what? for and you're just like ha- like who the hell is running these and you're just like just stay the fuck in and then leave it to the promoters that know what they're doing and like keep people safe but I think it's I think I think in maybe 6 months we're going to see some like venues close down which suck but then I think we're it could sure. could go to like some old school shit and like find some like cool little warehouses that are just going to be popping up. That's you know how Chicago we will exactly you know, I will survive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be we'll be boogie in one way or another. I don't know about the rest of the planet, but we'll uh, we always have found a way, um, so to speak. You know, I remember that whole era. Okay. It was a whole. I remember two two phases. I'm so yeah. old. Okay, you Phase are you are old was, as fuck. Let's 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 I'm, put it I'm, out of there. You don't look I'm old as old fuck, as but you're old as fuck. <laughs> I am a vampire. Don't forget, I am a vampire, but I am very old. Still look around. 21. Right. Ridiculous. So the first one I remember was um, when you know Little Lewis was king. Frankie Knuckles were in their prime. Yeah. And hip hop came, okay. Yeah, hip hop came, snatched like in this one. Parties were all black, or all black and gay, and it was like sprinkled a few, few white people, a few of my white friends that I went to high school with, <laughs> or, and a few Latinos. Only a few Latinos yeah. and a few white guys. The rest was, you know, three, four thousand black guys and, and gay people. It was cool, um, still cool, but it, it was, it was just a, a very pure time in the scene and then hip-hop came okay and it pretty much snatched the black community almost yeah. out of the scene altogether because it's just more stuff that that we can relate to stuff yeah. we see every day and and also 
the majority of the industry is people that look yeah. like us. Yeah, yeah. So um, our community kind of ventured away from that. And, you know, it's not really gay-oriented as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a lot of our straight African-American community kind of just left house, house music and went to another thing. I remember yeah. that. That's the first one. The second one I remember yeah. was when vinyl, uh, when CDJ, CDs came out, Fucking right? CDJs. And vinyl, right, and vinyl kind of was like, shit. You had all these DJs that were like, shit, what am I going to do? I have to <laughs> learn how to DJ again? Or what the fuck, right? And so you had this curve of, like, people who, like, kind of left because they didn't really know how to make the transition. Yeah. From vinyl to a digital world. Okay, that was the second dip. Now, the third dip is this shit, like COVID. <laughs> now it's like, okay, nobody gets to DJ, no matter what color you are. No music gets to play, no matter what genre it is. Nobody gets to do shit. You know what I mean? Just sit around, figure it out. Keep DJing, go virtual. But you got DJs DJing it. You got DJs DJing in their kitchen and... <laughs> Cooking the dishes oh, and doing all of that. Dude, dude, I was clowning. Like, you know, me and Sonny are like really good friends, like me and you. So I talked to Sonny a lot. He just said, shout out to Sonny for there. Just had a baby too. Congratulations. Big up, Sonny. Did he? But, I didn't know he had another one. Yeah. Yeah, he just had another one. Hudson, man. Gonna text Hudson, him this little boy. But so, so, you know, I talked to him. He's like, he sets his shit up in his backyard. In his living room, in the kitchen, like you know, just just let it, just let it, just rock it, baby. Yeah, you can, you know. And it's it's kind of right now where it's um, it's a healing thing. It's gone back to that where you have to remember why you're doing this. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was a little boy, um, and I first had this dream of becoming a DJ, um, I always say, you know, I want to DJ, and I want to be able to travel the world. And I want to be able to make money off DJing because, you know, I want to be able to do something that forever that I love to do. Yeah. Okay. And what you have to remember is that not the fact that you got the job and you're doing something that you love to do, but the fact that you asked to do something forever that you love to do. Yeah. Okay. You have to remember that in these times. Yeah. That. You love this shit regardless. If somebody, if the if the world just said, okay, breaking news, no more sporting events ever, no more movies ever, no more parties ever. Yeah. Guess what? You're still, Will Clark is still going to be somewhere mixing some records. Doing music. So yeah. is Gene making a track, mixing some records, because at the end of the day, we love to do this. Yeah, 100%. Passion. Well, I think that's so, the thing. I think you hit the nail on the head at the end of the day. Like, and I've spoken about this many a times on this podcast and it's kind of weird that it always comes up, but it's that thing that people don't realize like how long we did this without earning money. Like, yes. like from day one, from when you were like, I want to be a DJ. I want to learn how to make house music or whatever music you want to make, whether whatever, yeah. whatever. Um, we didn't earn money for fucking years and for years. And I think I, I put a tweet out, a post out on Instagram. Um, when all of this happened, it was like two days after coronavirus when all the clubs got shut down. And I was like, 
Look, we're all artists. We've all struggled for years and years to get to where we are. And some of us aren't where we want to be. And some of us are where we want to be. But it was a struggle. No, Nobody got success overnight. Not even the people that you think got success overnight. And no. we can struggle again for the next year, two years, three years. Whatever it will take, you can struggle. Because we're so used to struggling to get to where we want to be. And we don't do That's it. That's what I mean. And we don't do it to earn money. Obviously, there is a business side of it. And we have to earn money to a certain extent. But all those years that you didn't earn money, you didn't wake up and be like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not earning money. How many no. times did you play, like, for free? Yeah, or, or, or just for... You know, I remember the drink tickets phase. Fucking drink tickets. In the beginning. Drink <laughs> tickets. I don't even drink. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even drink either now. You know, exactly. it's been six years now. But it's like, in the beginning, it would be like, okay, G, you come here, we'll give you, what would you guys call it, 100 quid? We'll give you 100 bucks, and we'll give you free drinks all night, and fucking, you know, sometimes the places will have pizza. We give you free food, we give you free drinks, and give you 100 bucks, you know what I mean? And, it's so funny, though, because I don't know if you ever, like, I, I got this, I probably started realizing this maybe, like, three years ago when people were, like, when when club owners used to do that, and I'd sit back and be like, wait, they used to just give me, like, six drinks i'm like that's probably cost them like six pounds not even that and i've <laughs> just en- i've just i've just entertained your whole club for a whole night and then like you're just like wait a minute they're making so much fucking money off of me <laughs> i didn't figure it out until i threw my own party exactly well, yeah first time. i'm like i'm like holy shit you know what I don't think I'm playing for nobody else for a no. long time. I'm just going to keep doing my own fucking parties. Yeah. Like, this is when they were, I was still doing illegal, like, warehouses in Chicago. Like, I would, you know, have a, like you said, a dirty warehouse. Um, Obviously, the decks would be my own. I would rent a sound system from, from a friend who had, like, sound. Get some lights from my buddy who did lights. We brought in all our own liquor. We brought in the nitrous tank. Yeah. And we fucking boogied the party, which started like 11.30 at night and ended like 6 in the morning. So cool. And, you know. So who was around I then when, when you when you were, when you started like becoming a little more successful in Chicago? Who, sure. who was around like DJ wise? Um, well, DJ wise, my, well, obviously, you know, my mentor and my best buddy is Curtis yeah. Green Velvet. He put out my first record in 94. Um, do you, do you, so do you want me to make around. you feel really old? Yeah, I, I, I'm scared to ask. I was four then. <laughs> <laughs> These are the kind of stories I hear. Like my 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 wife, you know, not to sound like yeah, a dirty yeah. old man. You know, she was like, she was saying, she's like, I was two when you put out your first fucking record, you old fucking cunt. You know what I mean? So. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah, I feel it's like you. that. It's crazy. It's crazy. But like, yeah, people who were around them was like, um, Curtis, you know, he, you know, he's a rock star now and he was a rock star yeah. then, you know, Percolator was out and he was already a massive star in 94, yeah. massive. Um, so, you know, shout out to him too for, you know, doing it all over again and even bigger the second time. It's crazy, right? right? It's crazy. But I think, I, th- I think the industry, I think now, 
it, the industry's allowed him to get even bigger than what the industry used to allow you. Like the industry wasn't that Absolutely. commercialized where even no. though he was, I think he was signed to a major, right? He did like a major deal. Yeah. Well, he had a few, he had a few things, you know, Curtis has always been a visionary as well too. Like he's, you know, I would imagine that, you know, him being highly as intelligent as he is and considering he still has full rights to the percolator, I'm sure he just did a small little licensing deal with the major and got yeah. that money right back and just put it out itself. Um, but with that being said, you know, um, so you were in 94. He, yeah. He put out a lot of us, you know, at that time, like when I brought in my first record to relief, TJ sneak was sitting right there in the chair and bringing him to his first record to relief. Is sneak from Chicago. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've known, I've known him. Uh, since the first day I put out my first record, I've yeah. known Sneak since 94. We've Damn. toured the world together um, many times. Um, all of us, you know, used to do Chicago tours and relief tours together. So let's see. Let me think on my time bubble. Back in the time when I, right after that, I started getting a little bit more popular. So I would say um, Green Velvet was around. Sneak was around. DJ Rush was around. He was massive Damn. then, too. I, DJ Rush. Um uh, Paul Johnson was around, yeah, still around. Still around I'm talking man. about we're still, we're still, still, we're still hustling, man. Yeah, um, Green uh, Jim and I was around, Spencer Kinsey, who's who's uh, was a good mate of mine as well, too. Um, Mark Farina, mm -hmm. Derek Carter, you know, the, the boys, the crew, man, you know, yeah. DJ, you know, DJ Heather, she was like one of the first, um, you know, females really destroying the decks you know around the, around that time yeah. so you know shout out to her too as well too and psycho bitch as well too and terry bristol some other really good big D female djs at the time um doing clubs in chicago like medusas and kaboom and all stuff like that back then but but yeah man i've um i've definitely been around a little while <laughs> seeing some it's See, crazy. A lot of changes. A lot of changes. And, you know. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was gonna go back to you when you mentioned about when, obviously, house was majority black and gay in the in the clubs, and then hip sure. hop, hip hop kind of took it over. Like absolutely. What's 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 your thoughts on how it turned from in the in the US majority a black kind of sound and a black kind of scene i guess to sure. to then a white Absolutely. to then it's pretty much a white scene in america it's a white scene all around it's Europe a white scene well, all over the all, planet all over the place was and what do you think that was was there was it yeah what what was it well i think you know my personal opinion is um it's kind of like what i said we kind of just um, I won't say let it go, but our interest in the music may have went down a bit yeah. due to the fact that hip hop became a lot more interesting and a lot more yeah. something that we could relate to. Um, and I think that's a big thing. And also, I think that once London got his hands on it, because this is right after that, yeah. London kind of jumped on it. Um changed the face of it completely. Yeah. Um, and they also saw something in it, money behind it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it it is you guys as hip hop. You understand what I mean? As yeah, far totally. As that. Like every club, every club, every bar, every radio, 
every radio station, every fucking interview, everything, BBC to everything you got big over there, commercialized in a taxi. Yeah. In an Uber. It's all house music. Yeah. It's you guys' version of hip hop. Yeah, yeah. And we, for whatever reason, didn't see the value in it as it is yeah. today. Um, we jumped ship on it, I guess, and kind of saw our value into promoting and, and, and putting hip hop forward yeah. for whatever reason, maybe because it wasn't uh, predominantly promoted by a gay industry yeah. um, or had gay tendencies. You know, like you got to think I'm going way back in the time. Yeah, yeah, like, of course. Madonna's Vogue was out around there. Yeah. You know, Madonna had a Vogue song out then. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this was a different time, you know? So it's like, it was really being promoted or looked at as a, as a very um, homosexual industry, yeah. which it is, which is fine. It's great. Which yeah. I think is great. Don't get me wrong. I grew up in it. Like, this is the first club I played at before I played at the Powerhouse. Yeah. was a club called Augie's and CK's, which is a straight gay club. Yeah. You know, um, so I um, and still to this day, I think I probably have more gay friends than I do straight friends. Yeah. You know, so with that <laughs> being said, you know, I have, you know, I, I I have no problems with it at all. You know, and this is coming from a straight black man from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just one of those things that I think we just kind of didn't embrace it as much as, as England did. And when you guys embraced it, obviously you don't have a massive black community. Yeah. You have black people in England. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. start, you know, at Jamie Jones and fucking Mason Maynard and, and all my other boys get mad at me. Like, what the fuck you talking <laughs> about, mate? Fuck you, mate. You know, but, you know, it's, it's just a bit different. You know what I mean? It's different cultures, um, man. You know, it's just a it's, bit different. It's very different cultures. Completely different culture. Like, like I, you know, I, um, I don't. Whatever anyone says, I know we kind of speak the same language. Um, but you go to America yeah. and you go to England, and it's just worlds apart. Worlds apart. I, I live in Two both. Totally different. I live in both, and and you obviously used to live in Amsterdam as well. And yeah, for four years. Yeah, and and even there is completely different culture to what UK is, and it's even more different yeah. than you guys are to America. Like literally, when I moved back after four years, coming back to America, I six foot five black guy <laughs> from the hood was afraid to go outside for like four months when I moved back to America. I mm -hmm. was just like. After being in Europe for four years and living in that culture, what's and being that about? A part of that. Let's let's talk world. about that. Let's talk about that because I I feel you on that to a certain extent. Um, yeah, and, but I, but for me, you would think it wouldn't be because I'm a black guy and I'm from the hood. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like I'm not cultured in in the ways of the ghetto, or I'm not, you know, by by nature. Yeah. You know, if you threw me in by nature into the pool, I'm going to revert back to who I am, which is a Southside dude from the Chicago. We all do, That's right? Who I am? We all do. Nature. We go back yeah, to. But, I I, I come the, back to the UK and turn into a farmer boy. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's it. And and that's it. And then by like by when I moved to Amsterdam, okay, I always tell everyone at 21 I became an adult. When I moved to Europe, I became a man. Yeah. Okay. 
It's just the way you all roll over there is much more mature. The way you all handle things over there and the way you, you, you on the day-to-day cultural, normal society is a much more mature way of life, much more um, common sense way of thinking, so to speak. Yeah. And there are no guns. There's no firearms there. There's no guns. Yeah, you can get stabbed. And I know, I, I know, you know, from the UK when I say that so nonchalantly, people are like, what the fuck does he mean? You could just get stabbed. Like, to us, that would be a luxury. You understand? <laughs> if we only had to worry about getting stabbed, that would be cool. I can, I can fucking yeah. ride with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving back home um, to Chicago, you know, was a trip, you know, after being in Europe and in Amsterdam for four years. And I came back and like guns on the street, yeah. you know, and, you know, my friends come to meet me and they pick me up and they got like a gun in the car. And like, I'm like, just my brain. Yeah. I was Different. fucking freaked out for like the first four months. I just yeah. had to get back into American culture. You know, and before it's, you know it, I was back in the swing of everything, but it took a minute, you know. It's wild, man. Because um, when for, for me like I said when when I moved to when I moved to America, um the first city I moved to was LA. And of course LA is right. LA is just not That's easy. easy. That's as close easy. to Europe as you're gonna get, exactly. I think. Because it's easy, exactly. it's kind of way more laid back, you know. Super laid back. Obviously, there's parts of LA that you just the, or if you, you go wouldn't. to Compton, yeah, it ain't laid it's back. It's you different. go to Chris Shaw, it's not laid back. Yeah. South Central ain't laid back. You know what I mean? So, but, but yeah, you can definitely find parts of California that's very Spanish, very chill. Yeah, exactly. You know, it feels feels very Ibiza ish. You and, know, and th- and then I moved to New York, and I was in Brooklyn, in the most hipster. I was in Williamsburg, most hipster area. Like, <laughs> I love New York, my favorite yeah. favorite place, literally in the world to go. And then I moved it's, to Detroit. Awesome. And Detroit, <laughs> Detroit it got real. It got real. Detroit got real, man. And <laughs> like, this is just my naivety, if you know what I mean. Like, I knew from, yeah. from going to Detroit for years. As much as I love that city, I know it's been through the the ringer, if you know what I mean. It's not. It's it's not had the best times yeah. since the sixties. Really, it's been it's up probably one of the hardest cities. One of the hardest cities hardest hit cities in the country one of absolutely and like i i live in a house there and then like i was coming back from (laughs) i was coming back from um camp out two years ago and uh oh shit and my my roommate uh who's like also a techno producer he sent me a text and was like dude check the cameras out at like 4 p.m i was like Oh, what the fuck happened? And he was like, just go check them out. Cause I, and I logged on and looked at the cameras and this, it's a fucking, this dude shooting up my next door neighbor's house. And you're just like, I, oh. I'm just like, Oh shit. I'm in America now. Like, <laughs> and, and then, and then, um, and then, uh, that's when you find out all your friends that have guns and you don't realize yeah. how many people, you know, have guns. And like, I told a few mates and they're like, Yo, dude, if you if you ever like, and you just all your mates are like, oh, I've got a gun here, I've got a gun here. Like, one of our close friends, you know, Troy. Um, yeah. Like, he's always got guns around him, always, and it's 
it's normal. Everybody, it's man. normal, and it just it, for me coming from the from the UK. Even I live in the countryside here. Like farmers have guns here. Like that's the only thing they have: shotguns and rifles to like kill pheasants and animals and, and go hunting yeah. and stuff like that. That's the only like you don't see handguns anywhere. Um, it's, it's unbelievable here. Different world, man. It's wild. It's wild. It's completely different place. But it's never you gonna, know? I don't um, think it's ever going to change. The whole gun thing. No, 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 no. It's it's like you know I explain to my my buddies on how it is in America and, and in Europe every time and it, it it cracks them up every time when I say it. And it's like you have to understand the world, okay? Mm-hmm. Europe, you've been around forever. Yep. You think swords and shields and fucking <laughs> fucking rocks flying over the wall and boom and fucking you know shit like that. America, you think of. The wild, wild west. Yeah. Country. Motherfucker cowboy with the hat. And it's never going to go. Guns are part of culture. Of who we are just as much as swords and knives. Yeah. Right. Are part of who you guys yeah. are. Totally. It's never going to, you know, if a dude, I mean, the first thing a dude in America would do to fuck with somebody is to grab a gun. Yeah. I would imagine if a dude in the UK had a choice between an axe and a sword. Or something <laughs> like that. Somebody's gonna grab an axe or a sword before they grab a fucking gun. Just, just out of natural culture. You understand yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You gotta be like, you know, just adjust what you're used to. Yeah. Right. You know. So it's just part of, unfortunately, totally. part of yeah. who we are as a society. You know, on on all on both fronts. I kind of, I um, kind of wish. This, this this is probably going to be controversial to a certain extent, and I don't mean it in a horrible way. But I kind of wish right. people would just accept the gun culture in America to then move on and look at how to make it safer for people, because every, every majority of people's easy easy answer to everything is just stop guns, make them illegal. But that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen because you have a, a group of, you know, and people, when you peel back the layers of America and the layers of the world, okay, I don't want to get too deep, but most of the things that you, that we hate in both of our countries, whatever it is, those are people who actually are running the country. Yeah. Financially. Totally. If you pull the NRA out, we probably go poor very quickly because they have billions and billions of dollars <laughs> right, into this country. Right. They own football teams. They own yeah. basketball teams. They own hotels. They own yeah. land. They own states. You know, and it's probably the same in the UK with a lot of a lot of things and a lot of people. Um, and it's just the way the system yeah. is. Now, what we could do is um, try to get rid of illegal firearms crack down on that part yeah. um and then maybe so many babies won't be dying yeah man. you know so many kids won't be getting shot um you know and it's the same you know over there like it's so many kids getting stabbed and stuff there it's you crazy. gotta think like you have to start with the kids okay because of course an adult my age or your age or most of our friends yeah. No, like, okay, yeah, of course you don't supposed to be stabbing anybody or shooting anybody. Duh. Yeah. Why can't people get that through their head? Because they're kids. Yeah. They're children. 
They don't understand the level of consequence yet. It goes back to that education thing. It goes back to that education. And it's like in, in it's, let's be honest, majority of these issues are happening in poorer neighborhoods. And yes, absolutely. What happens with poor neighborhoods, you go from generation, 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 and no one breaks that that seal cycle like there's a couple of reasons why I, I think that happens first of all is that they're not given the opportunity to break the seek the, the, the cycle to a certain extent um and right. second of all that there's just no not necessarily the the role models outside of the family to give people and whether that whether that role ma- model is teachers youth workers um police if you know what i mean like yeah. i i don't know you i don't know how it again, is for, for you and for you again, growing up in in south side yeah. but f- well i was gonna say again I, like i was gonna say i'm from these neighborhoods yeah. that, you, that you're talking about and you know it's a few different factors okay one um it makes me not myself to but i'm obviously one of the people who kind of made it out of the hood and did okay for myself yeah. it's a few of us like that um, and it does have to do with a lot of things that you just spoke on. Yeah. But the most important thing is, um, I grew up with the father in the house. Yeah. 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 Totally. I grew up with a mom in the house. Yeah. I grew up with the family and a home and not from a broken home. That's where it has to start yeah. for my people. It has to start in the house. We need dads to be dads to their children and moms to be moms to their children and for people to try to have a family home if you can. That is very important for children to have both their parents around. Um, And if you don't have both your parents around, at least both of your parents involved in your life. In your life, yeah. Fully. Um, Because that is what's taken a lot of our youth away is that they don't have heroes under their roof. Yeah. My hero in my house, in my life growing up was my dad. Yeah. Okay. My dad. And this is from a guy who also my father died two weeks before my 10th birthday. Okay. My mom never remarried. She never had another man around me calling me, you know, Oh, this is your new daddy now. Or, Or but this is my boyfriend shit. You know what I mean? This yeah. new school shit. I'm come from I'm like the youngest of three kids. I'm the you know, my oldest brother is in his sixties. I'm raised old school, bro. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? So it wasn't none of that past the dochi to the next dick kind of shit yeah. with these new kids kind of have, you know, with with the with their home life. Yeah. Um, I have one daddy, even when he died. He was still a superhero to me. Yeah. My mother never talked shit about him. Even though as an adult, I found some cold-blooded shit out about <laughs> my father. You know, yeah. a, he, you know, I found out some shit that my mother and my family was able to share with me when I was older. But growing up, I would have never known some of these things about my father because they never spoke ill about him. Yeah. My mother never said a bad word about my dad. Um, she only said good things and how awesome he was and how a good person he was. These are things that I think are very important. Totally, you have to have totally a household. Yeah. You have to have a structure in your life, even if you're not educated and you're going to a bad school. If you can come home 
and still have a structured home, I believe that's very important, you know, and not to mention education, I believe, you know, you know, which was very, very um, promoted in my, in my home. Like I went to Catholic grammar school. Yeah. I went to a magnet school. And then after that, I went to Catholic school, which is basically, you know, a public Catholic school, which is a magnet school. And then I went to a Methodist college for two years and then heard my record on the radio and dropped the fuck out, <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah. And uh, my sister's a cop. Um, my brother went to Morehouse, which is the same college Martin Luther King went to and Spike Lee. And he's a doctor. Yeah. So amazing. I was brought so, up in a in a very prominent home in the hood though yeah, okay yeah. this is what you got to mean i i wasn't like i wasn't brought up in the suburbs and this shit was happening yeah. or i wasn't brought up in like like huxtables and shit yeah you know bill cosby shit and this was happening i'm in the hood like like boys in the hood like ice cube the movie yeah yeah but we were a prominent raised by very respectful family yeah. who raised their children correctly. You know, my mother worked for the government. My dad was a cop, you know, had four jobs before he passed. Yeah. He had a master's degree. It's a black family. You know what I mean? He yeah, was a, yeah, has yeah. a master's degree in science. My mother was a government worker. Things that you, the stories you don't normally get to hear yeah. about the hood, my people and people from the hood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people from the hood. We all aren't bad. We all aren't criminals. We all aren't robbers. We all aren't like you know, <laughs> that not seemed, knowing how to raise our kids. That's or, that's or, the thing that that's the thing that I struggle with is is the stereotyping. Um, yeah, and I think we can. I can probably only speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure I can speak for everyone. Everyone stereotypes to a certain extent. Where absolutely, no, no matter what what color of skin you are where you're from what language you speak we all we all stereotype but sure i think it's just that constant stereotyping of the hood where everyone it's almost like people have to live up to the stereotype and yeah well to an extent some of it is true yeah Okay, you do have bad people in the hood, course, but you have you bad people have everywhere. Person. And I think that, I think this you is the thing: do. is like, of course, you have bad people, and you, we have bad people running our countries, right? We have bad people securing <laughs> yes. our countries. Like, I I think that's the thing: is it's very easy to say we have bad people, but we have bad people everywhere. But Absolutely. the thing is, there's there's bad people that have a lot of opportunity around them and there's bad people that have zero opportunity and have nothing to live for. And when you have nothing to live for, like, let's say, for instance, let's go to, I was talking about this the other day, let's go to South Africa, if you know what I mean. And in like, I was in Alexandra um, in Johannesburg uh, just before Christmas. These people have nothing to live for. Like, to the extent where they don't even have running water. And you're just like, Absolutely. and it's Some like, places like that in Detroit in the hood, though. You know that, though. I know that, man. It's the same. It's, it's the, the same. same. And go to Flint, if you know what I mean. They cut, they don't, That's what, exactly. it's just ridiculous. But the thing, I don't really know where I'm going to this, but I think the thing is, it's, I, I was naive years ago when I, when I hadn't experienced Detroit, if you know what I mean. I hadn't experienced sure. America how it is because in the UK, yes, we have extremely poor neighborhoods. And 
we have this we we do have bad unsafe neighborhoods and sure, things like that. Absolutely. But it's it's nothing like it is in America, man. Um it's different. It's, it's a different so thing. different. And I think like going back to that role model, like needing role models in your life and having a good home. Like I've been so lucky. My parents are the fucking best, if you know what I mean. I've had the best upbringing yeah. ever and it's allowed me to become who I am today. But Same, how, man. how how do you how how I don't know, but how do you get that across to people? So like people in the poor neighborhoods, how 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 do you how do you change that? Like where is well, that? Because like you said, a lot of that is is insular. If you know, what I mean, we have to choose. To, exactly, we have to make a choice to change that. So like, okay, I'm having a kid. I'm gonna make sure that kid has the best life it possibly can. Right. Obviously, right. you've got a little one right now. Like, I can pretty much guarantee because you had a great upbringing, you want to give your 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 boy the best the best upbringing ever. Um, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's it's like you know every how can I say it? Just try to make sense of it all. Hope is something that you can't sell. Yeah. Okay. Hope. Is something that somebody has to believe in, in their self. You have to be an individual and you have to commit to believing that, that you have hope. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I could have, you know, I went through a thing when I was, you know, I'm just telling you only the good shit right now. Like I went through some shit of when course, I was man. a teenager. I was gangbanging. I had guns. You know, I got locked. I don't, you know, I, I haven't been, you know, I don't have a federal crime, but I've been to jail. Yeah. I, you know, I, got, I had to go to court for having two guns on me. You know, this, I wasn't, you know, I and I'm, I got arrested for mob action. You know, yeah. I've been through some shit myself being from the hood. Yeah. But with all that being said, I could have went down that road, but I took it upon myself yeah. to believe and have hope. Yeah. Okay. And I also had something to be to believe in. Yeah. Which was this right here, you yeah. know, which was house music. A lot of people don't have outlets. They don't have music. They don't have sports. They don't have higher education where they know they're smart as hell. You know, yeah. you know, you know some smart people that that love edu- you know, love reading books as much as we love to play music. I never understand you know, those people. I know people. But, yeah. I, nets, we called it. <laughs> nets. You know, but, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, everyone doesn't have something to be hopeful for. Um, RIP, like my friend Richard, you know, I grew up, you know, he was my high school buddy. Yeah. Best friends. We had the same fucking jackets and shit like that kind of shit growing up. Um, he ended up, you know, I was DJing the whole time. We were like 18, 19 years old. I went away to college. He stayed, obviously. Ended up having kids young. Um, got depressed one day, shot himself in the head, killed himself. Yeah. No hope. You know, he had nothing. He was working at McDonald's. No really vision. Yeah. Of hope, nothing to see to be hopeful for, to believe that some kind of way you're going to be able to get out of this hood. You're going to be able to get out of this neighborhood. You're going to be able to find yourself a way 
to make a better world for yourself yeah. and your family. You know, if hope, again, is something you can't sell. You have to believe into it yourself. You have to find something that you can be hopeful for. And that's the problem. I think okay? the thing is, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And part of me is agreeing with you. And yeah. part of me isn't disagreeing with you, but I, I, I truly believe that with the right upbringing and opportunities around you, you can create hope. Absolutely. That's what happened to me. Yeah. If you have heroes in your home, <clears throat> you have heroes that you see on TV too, that you dream about Michael yeah. Jordan. I thought I was going to be, I went to school in North Carolina. Yeah. I played basketball all the way through high school. You played <laughs> two years in college, went to school at a small school in North Carolina. Every year I wore Jordans. You know, I grew up idolizing him yeah. as well as my dad, as well as um, looking up to my brother. He went to Morehouse and people around, you know, Frankie Knuckles. Yeah. Little Lewis was my hero. Yeah. You know, um, craft work. You know, I didn't even, you know, being from Chicago, you got to understand, too. I didn't know those dudes were German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first heard this record, I'm from the, we didn't. Yeah, what the fuck is this? I didn't know those were German dudes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And and nor did I know, um, yeah, I knew we went to war with Germany. I knew about Hitler, you know, being, you know, I started DJing. I was 11, okay? Um, I started, first time I ever DJed, I was 10. Yeah. You know, so I knew about, yeah, Hitler, Nazis, whatever. You know, we make fun of them on TV, but I didn't know the depth of it. I'm an 11-year-old kid buying yeah, a Kraftwerk yeah, yeah. album, you know, and, and and trying to spin records in my house. So I didn't know those dudes were from Germany, nor did I give a fuck, if yeah. you understand my point. So it was like I had my own heroes and my own music. Like, Little Lewis was my hero and... If I really wanted to dream big, then it was Michael Jordan when I was playing basketball, yeah. you know, against my friends, because I was better than my friends, but I wasn't better than the dudes in college, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, so you you find your you find your hope and you find your heroes, but first you have to find something that you're passionate about, man. Yeah. It's positive, right? Everything I just named from you was a positive passion totally, for music. Yeah. So I, I found I found Frankie. I found Ron Hardy was my hero. Little Lewis was my hero. Yeah. Um, in basketball. I found Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins. I was the only black guy who thought Larry Bird was cool. You know what I mean? Like, and that's because we wore the same colors. Like I had green and white in my grade school uniform, and Celtics wore green and white. Yeah. So I'm like, shit, Larry Bird's fucking awesome. You know. <laughs> Um, you know, it's just one of those things where everyone doesn't have these things of hope. Yeah, you know, to find how lucky you know, everyone isn't. How lucky are we, man? We're so lucky. Blessed, man. man. We're so lucky because, like, blessed. I guess you. I guess you're right. You're one hundred percent right. Like, I've got friends that just don't, still don't have a clue what they're doing with their lives, and and have no passion, and have no get up and go um they're just lucky that they were brought up in nice neighborhood so yeah. right and i so, got some that are, that are the opposite yeah where it's not a pretty picture when i go you know because i like again my studio i still hood pass 
My studio's still in the hood. Still in the hood. It's still in the building I grew up in. We own the building. Yeah. You know, we own the building. My mom's still there. So I still go back to the hood three, four times a week, man. Yeah. And I see my friends and I see my mates and I'm like, you know, some of them haven't changed. You know, they're drinking heavily and, you know, just yeah. kind of in a, in a bad way. Some of them have. So, yeah. yeah, they still live in the hood, but they own a place or they bought their mom's old house and they own the house. They have their family there now. Yeah. They have a nice job. Every story isn't horrible, but no, of course, the yeah. ones that are, Rough. The ones that are bad are fucking really bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really, really bad and depressing, you know? Sucks, but man. It's it like sucks. you. It's... I do have. It's... I got a lot of white friends too, though, Will. You know? Being yeah. In I, industry I, and I think this, up... is, this is the thing for me. And I, you, you might be able to tell me, like, because being a black guy. But for me, I've never, like... It, especially in this industry, I've never been like white or black or brown or, or whatever color skin you are. It's for sure. me, for me, it's never been something that I would ever th- even think of is an issue. Do you think it well, is? You, well, I will say this, Will. Um, you be, I wouldn't say you in particular, like you, Will, would be crazy to think that it's not. But in general, you would be crazy to think that it's not. Yeah, because yeah. it's as simple as this because it's racism everywhere. Of course, else. man. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's racism yeah. in everything else, in every sport, in every fucking food industry, yeah. in the police industry, in, in <laughs> yeah. every fucking industry that exists on this planet. It's racism. So why would you think it's not in ours as well? Yeah. As beautiful as it is, don't get me wrong, it's probably the least amount and the reason you wouldn't think of it because you're an artist, right? You're yeah. one of us. Yeah, exactly. All your heroes mostly are probably black guys yeah, because of course. you grew up listening to this. <laughs> yeah, music, Frankie right? Knuckles. Frankie Knuckles. Yeah, is literally. So, so of course, of course, you wouldn't ever think that way. But you have to think that it's bigger than us. We don't own the clubs. No, we're not the promoters who bring us out to these parties. Okay, most of these promoters who bring us out to these parties weren't, um, they didn't grow up, you know, not my generation of first generation promoters. Okay, I can even go back to first, second generation promoters. Yes, they grew up just like us. Heroes of Frankie Knuckles, heroes of the music, heroes of Ron Hardy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I will even go further. Chicago, Detroit, L.A., New York, we're kind of exceptions to the rules. For a few reasons. One, we're blue states. Yeah. Okay. We're liberal as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've denounced racism since fucking slavery has has the slaves came up from the south and moved up north. Yeah. Okay. That's how I got here is because my great 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 grandmother moved from Mississippi and moved to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the segregate. You know, those states we are very much against racism. Yeah. So the promoters in those states, these are the states that have founded the music. Yeah. Okay. So the promoters in Chicago are very educated. The promoters in Detroit are very educated on the music. Yeah, of course. Okay. All of us are talking, we're just talking about the music. Yeah. The promoters in New York are very educated on the music. Yeah. Most of the promoters in LA are very educated on the music in San Francisco as well. Yeah. Okay. 
So excluding those areas, okay. Um, yes, there's definitely <laughs> yeah. some racist, racial tones, I would say for sure, in the scene. Now, for me, Curtis, MK, Kevin Saunderson, you know, the bigger, the upper tier black guys, I guess, we don't feel it as much as maybe some of the lower tier black guys that I speak to do. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, but I do, how can I say this without like, you know, offending people and making them think that I'm like, you know, just say it, Malcolm dude. X and shit. Just say it, dude, I'm not, because I'm, I'm I not think, really. I think people need to hear it. I think that's the thing is yeah, like, I, you got to talk about how you feel. You can't just hide, hide feelings. No, like, no, not at all. Not at all. You're right. You're right. Well, I, I think it's a bit different. Okay. I think it's like, we're not necessarily being directly racial things happening. Yeah. Okay. Not necessarily knowingly, not thinking about it knowingly. Okay. But what is happening is a ceiling. Okay. Yeah. A black ceiling where, okay, you're only allowed to get this far. Yeah. You're never going to be, you know, without calling out names or making somebody feel isolated because they're awesome. But you know what I mean? Like, we're never going to be a Fisher or a uh, uh, Diplo yeah. or a, you know, what have you. I'm not yeah. dissing these people because, fuck, they're my friends at yeah, the end yeah. of the day. No, but I'm just no saying. No one's dissing anyone. It's just Yeah, how, I'm not dissing them is, yeah. or, or, or discrediting the work that they put in to get to where they are. I'm not doing that either. Yeah. Because these dudes do put in work to get to where they are. Yeah. And they have put in work to get to be as awesome as they are. I'm not discrediting that. Yeah. But I will say that um, if some of us, Green Velvet, Gene Ferris, were white, with the amount of music that we put out. Yeah. And <laughs> I would say that we would probably be at a higher tier of living yeah maybe that's the nicest way i could say it without sounding really fucked up you yeah. know what i mean but and i'm not saying that it's fisher's fault i'm not saying no, that it's no, Diplo's no, no. fault i'm not saying that it's daft punk's fault i'm not blaming anybody i'm just saying that that's the fact of the matter that if paul johnson was a white guy with his story yeah being in a wheelchair making get down putting all these records out and doing what he did, he would be on Ellen DeGeneres telling his story. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, um, so okay, so let, I this is where I kind of just need to just ask you, really. Like, where in the industry does that come from? Because... I don't know. Because I think we go that back this to is the beginning of this conversation that me and you had and how this story started. Right. Okay, the, we talk about... That it used to be yeah. all black. Yeah. Okay. And then it was abducted by the UK. Yeah. It was kind of, we kind of dropped the ball on it. And then it's been become predominantly a white industry. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. Oh shit. Did I just lose you? Okay. No, I know you're, you're, good. you're good. I just lost no, I... picture. I'm not 
Again, you know, this just makes me sound like I'm fucking Malcolm X. No, it really doesn't, man. To, it, I, I tell, I'm, I'll tell I'm you not, as a mate, I'm not tell dissing you. anybody. Yeah. I'm just telling the truth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not making up stories. I'm not. No, not I'm telling you from a pers- from my perspective yeah. of how I saw how it go down, and that's in my perspective. That's exactly the way things just kind of went down. Yeah, and. In my perspective, that's kind of the way the industry is just is right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a trip the fuck out. When you look at a lot of these festivals, like, you know, Charlotte the Wid, yeah, the Media Lens, um, and so on and so on, they all come to America, right? And they get their arms uh, open wide. <laughs> I know they what you're going to say. Treated like I know what you're going to say. Gods. Yeah. And I'm talking of like in Detroit, bro. This yeah. is like the blackest fucking state there is. Like yeah. they get treated open arms. Okay. But there's not any, this isn't being reciprocated. Yeah. Okay. You don't see Europe doing that to us. No. We open our arms up to Europe time and time again, Chicago as well. You see it. Yeah. Like, if, I mean, Fisher to, Everyone has played Chicago and get the royal red carpet treated and thrown out. And you know, they and in Chicago's right. Oh, um, well, I got a decline that call. My manager was just trying to call me. He can wait. He can wait. Um, <laughs> and and in yeah, and in and in and in Chicago's defense, they treat us locals who've earned this respect, like myself and Cash and yeah. and Boo Williams and Paul Johnson. They treat us good. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying Europe, okay? Um, They don't really reciprocate the love that we give to to you guys, if you understand what I mean. Only a few of us. Like, I don't play in Europe that much. <laughs> neither, I do. Neither do I. But not yeah. that much. Yeah, no, no, neither. You want, as far as I'm concerned, Will, you're an American, yeah. goddammit. Yeah. We, you, you play with me everywhere. You play on the circuit that we play on. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, <sighs> see, I don't see, play I, in Europe. Like, I, I, think I don't. This is I play thing. in Europe a bit, but not like, not like, like, okay. Like I play with you in America, yeah. But at the same time, I play with MK in America. Yeah. At the same time, I I play on the Charlotte the Wit roster in America. I play yeah. with Amelia Lenz. I play with Carl Cox when he's here. I play with yeah. All of these, all of my European buddies who's killing it on the Euro- Mason Maynard, Solardo, yeah. Detlef and Latman. You know what I mean? All of my boys, right? But. And I'm not again. I'm not blaming them. Like they're not fucking promoters. They don't fucking run yeah. fucking these clubs but i'm just saying that something is being lost if you understand what i mean i know i do i hear is, you and I I've, don't know if I've never i've never <laughs> even thought about this as a european issue right i because, don't know if it's if it's because, if it's europe that's like got the keys to the city and they're like you know what we're not inviting any mostly i don't want to say it you know of course green velvet gets to go over he's green velvet he's green it's not black. It's fucking green. <laughs> <laughs> I think for, for me in Europe, no. I, for me in Europe is, I don't know. It's been, it's a wild thing for me where to the right. extent where I even struggle to get booked in my hometown in Europe. If you know what I mean? In the UK. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, I, and this is, and I think 
I like my one of my old old agents used to book Kerry Chandler, and Kerry would play Europe. Who he practically lives used to live here. If you know what I mean, the amount he was yeah. playing over here, and maybe this goes back to what you were saying from the beginning of Chicago. People in Europe knew this where the scene came from and absolutely and they respected where the scene came from and respected the people that came from around that came from the scene and that created the scene right i just think we've probably lost a lot of that now um absolutely and, and or or will not to, not to cut you off but to kind of add on to that or that's the only people they want from america they only want the the legends you understand what i mean they don't 100 like 100 like we don't just like when you come to america we don't just say okay we only want carl cox we only want pete tong we only want the legends and the rest of you the, the masons the Solardos, the new guys camel fats can go fuck off yeah you know if that's kind of what europe has done but in reverse if you understand yeah what and, I mean. and they're like okay but then again, let's, okay. let's let's flip it, and I'm just playing devil's advocate, okay? Yeah. And I'm and I'm gonna get shit for this, but this this is coming from <laughs> the kindest of my heart. Let's flip yeah. it to hip hop. Okay. okay. The likelihood of our UK rappers being booked in America are slim, very slim. And where does that come from? And, well, and, and the difference I, I, is first, the difference first between of all, no that one, is two things. No one understands what one, the, two, no one understands what the two, fuck we're saying. That the UK no, rappers, the, no one understands. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say it's two different things right there. Okay, I'm gonna tell you the problem with that. Okay, and, and how that is, how that's more acceptable than us. And I'm gonna tell you why. One, house music is an American yep. culture. One hundred percent. Hip hop is an American culture. Yeah. Okay. So for us to not bring UK DJs to America when that's an American culture, yeah, is a lot more acceptable than Europe not bringing American DJs to play American culture music in Europe. Yeah, yeah. No, dude, I, I I'm, I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. I that's, think, that's, I think it just, just also, say, you know, that's that's. I think it just also also goes back from what we were saying at the beginning is like Europe took the culture from America, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we, we dropped the ball on yeah, it. We and dropped the ball which, on it. Which totally. then kind of like, dude, I, we're all, we all agree. We're, we're all agree, and I'm just being playing devil's advocate, really. And it's, it, I, I've never looked at it as a European issue. And I, because I very rarely play in Europe, I've never looked at it like, sure. why is G not playing here? Or why is all of this people? Because again, I don't look at it as as a racial thing. Maybe I should, if you know what I mean, because right. I, it's just something that has never really came to me, and I've never really thought about it when it comes to being booked. Because I can't even fucking get booked, so <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of that weird weird thing. But I guess I guess you're well, in right. In the beginning, in the be- in the beginning, when I used to come to Europe and DJ, I'm talking the '90s. And this is when I used to play in Europe. That's how long I played there. I still play every once in a while, but not as much as I used to. But that, yeah. that hopefully will change. Um, but it was a thing where 
we have this American guy coming over, yeah. playing American, yeah, a new American culture, yeah. which is house music. Now it's like it's almost like fuck off. It's ours. We gotta. It's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's fucking ours. Fuck off. If you come over here, you get to come. That's just that. And maybe, maybe you know, it's it's just a completely different thing. It's gone. The monkeys have completely taken over the zoo, so to speak. Will, yeah. if you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And and that's fine. You know, I it took me a while to not be bitter about that whole thing, um, because now. We got America, and I seen here. It's crazy. It's not a pushover scene anymore. Not anymore. It's a fucking solid scene rolling yeah. here now. We got a lot of places to party here, especially when you spill in Canada and Mexico, because I play a lot in those places too. Yeah. Um. So it's a lot going on over here, as well as South America. Um. But, you know, it's still one of those things that. You know, I'm not just in Europe, like I said, and you know, and 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 waggling my Chicago finger at them like this. I'm not doing <laughs> that. I'm just speaking from what the fuck it is yeah. and, and the facts of, that are on the table right here in front of us. Yeah. You know, we bring you guys. We bring everyone from the UK to Chicago or to America in general. Yeah. Everyone from from Spain as well too. You know, from Dennis Cruz on down the line. Yeah. Um, but we, and the reason that a lot of those guys are globally big is because we've opened our eyes up to them or they would just be big in Europe. Well, I, I think the thing is, is that, and tell me, Whereas you don't, you don't have that here. You know what I mean? You have guys in America, myself included. We're massive in the state. Yeah. Okay. Massive in Canada, but we don't got any love in Europe. Why? It's because the it's not being the circle is not being turned fairly both ways. Solardo and these guys and all these dudes are massive in America, not because not they're not massive in America because they're massive in Europe. See, I don't know. I, I this is where I disagree with no. you. No, yeah, no, 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 no. They're massive in America because they play in America. That's the difference. They, they they do the time in America. Everyone has yeah, to do their time in America. They play at all the all the build spots. But I'm not massive in Europe because I'm massive in. I mean, I don't. And if and and if I am right, and if you are right that they're massive in America because they're massive in Europe, then that's also another problem that definitely needs to be addressed. Well, it, and it, also yeah. explaining that the circle is still not being complete. It's not because it, I why am I not massive in Europe then? Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I totally because. agree because this is the, this is the <laughs> argument that I have, and I think the world looks at the UK at who is or UK and Germany mostly, or UK yes. and, UK Netherlands Germany. UK, I, UK, I, I think UK by far is the, is the dictator of the world of this scene. Yeah, and of and who's I think hot, who's not, and I and I think there's like. For me, obviously, the reason why I'm big in America, it started with Dirty Bird for me. Dirty Bird used sure. to be huge in in Europe. That's how I found them. Yeah, they used to be massive. If you know what I mean, they they were They're probably huge in America. They they were probably the biggest label in Europe at one time. Okay. Wow. Then they weren't. If you know what I mean. Then Hot right. Creations came yeah. along, and Hot Creations kind of massively 
swept up um and other labels drum code things like that defected as well Defe- defected yeah. have always been big but the thing the thing that I, I i i like about defected is that they've always they've always bought the american side of the house to to the yes. to europe they've always they've always done that i don't necessarily in politics, I don't necessarily like the how purist it, side. They definitely brought the American purist yeah. side of the house for sure. Um, for sure. But for me, for sure. like I can, like, just like you, we can both sell extremely large numbers of tickets in America, right? Right. But can't hear in Europe. Chris Lake, Chris Lake, right? Let's let's say for instance, Chris is English, all right. I can guarantee you he sells three, four, five times the amount he sells in America than he does in the UK. Absolutely. Fisher, we can't even talk about fish. Fish is just literally another another kettle of fish. Everywhere. He's just, he's like Maceoplex. Tiger shark. Tiger shark. You can't can't put them (laughs) in comparison. And I think, I remember like, I remember shows when, I don't want to say names because it's I, they're all of our mates. But I remember shows where they've people that are huge in the UK and they've got booked because of they're huge in the UK and Europe. They come over and no one has a fucking clue who they are. And so crazy. And I think the thing is, is, and I could be wrong. This is just we're we're both talking our, our views, and I think yeah. promoters look so much on how UK and Europe is running things. Ibiza, how big Ibiza is, right? For the whole of our dance scene, for the whole of our scene. You see people smashing Ibiza every weekend during the summer. And let's be honest, a lot of the promoters nowadays are younger than, they're younger than me, a lot of them. Absolutely, And, And so what are they looking at? They're looking at social media and they're looking at who's killing it. They look at, Beatport. Beatport. And let's be honest, it's fucking <laughs> bullshit. It's all bullshit at the end of the day. It's all fake shit. But yeah. Does that and this is this is the thing that I struggle with because I totally agree there's racism. One hundred percent. Sure. And I can't but does that mean does does that mean make it racist? I don't know, dude. Like this is why I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, you know. I think, you know, again, the abduction thing, this yeah. is where it all comes started totally. from. You yeah. know, if, if America was giving the same amount, if the circle was being reciprocated, well, yeah. Okay. Then I, and, and European promoters were going out of their way, like American promoters are and gambling to take chances on bringing American artists to, to blow them up in their country, essentially, yeah. right? Which is what we've done with a lot of a lot of European artists. Um, if they took a chance and did some stuff like that, then I think things would change. But in Europe um, and in America, you know, we're to that point now. People don't want to take chances. They want to make money. You, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. As you well. know. No, no, like, and this is the thing that I'm, that I respect America so much for. And I can't thank anyone enough. Like, there's promoters that have taken a risk on me and lost money on me if, in America. Yeah. And they will keep 
pushing and keep pushing and building a culture and building a culture where I find here, even like friends of ours, like we sure. all, we all know that run nights, they're like, yeah, he's not ready to play yet. It's not, it's not ready. Got to build it up. Got to build it up. Got to be a little bit bigger or got to do this, got to do that. And don't get me wrong. It's business. I, I respect that. And whatever your choice, your choice, I'm going to do it no matter fucking what. I don't need you. But I think that is one of the things as well, is that people just aren't willing to take risks because there's so much no. on the line. There's so much on the line. And no. I, I think because our culture is so strong here, because we have so many artists from here that sell crazy amount of tickets very easily, it's right. just an easy option for promoters to be like, fuck it, we just booked this dude from down the road. Yeah, why do why book Gene Ferris? We why, can book biscuits. Yeah, and fucking, he can take the train, come up, know it's gonna sell out. It's gonna be good. It's the same for me. It's like <laughs> most people thought I was American because I was so heavily in the Dirty Bird crew. I've had people. Right, for I've, sure. I've had people from England that are like, "Wait, what the fuck? You're English." <laughs> and well, when I first met you, I thought you were from the states exactly. until we started talking. I'm like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "Will's from the UK." That's yeah. dope. And and I think I think you're right. And it's it's sad, man. It's really sad because I I was brought up like my teen years. I lived in Ibiza for four summers, and I worked. I worked at We Love Sundays and they had some of the best lineups in the world, man. Some of the best from like Disclosure when Disclosure wasn't Disclosure. Grace Jones, like Carl Craig, (laughs) Chemical Brothers, Claude, like everyone from the smallest to the biggest artists from every culture from every neck of the world. And I but think this is what I mean. Like, yeah, is, there's a void in the scene. Yeah. If you look at Ibiza, okay. And you look at the world, America's missing the party. Yeah. If you look at all these lineups, okay. You got tons of people from the UK on yeah. all these lineups. You got tons of people from France, tons of people from Germany. You even got South Africa kind of representing now with black coffee and his crew kind of coming through. Yeah. And there's, you get Americans sporadically. Yeah. No, I agree. We're I agree. not, we're not really in it like we yeah. used to be. And it's like, it's like we're getting left from the party and it's not because we're not doing the work. It's not because we're not still making the music or have our own scene, but for some reason, this it's just not the love's not being, yeah. being, being given back in return yeah. that we give the world, man, as far as I Dude, see. Dude, I, I, I see that. I And I totally, I do totally agree with that. I do totally agree with that because let's say, for instance, my, my roommate, uh, he's a crazy techno producer, like hard Berlin techno kind of. Sure, yeah. He can fucking barely get booked. But he's playing in Trezor in Berlin and he's playing in Israel and he's playing in all these other places. Can't fucking get booked in, in, in America. But his but his sound is so European. So European. <laughs> and what how can we change this? I don't know. If promoters have to be willing to do what promoters in America, everything, first of all, everything that America done isn't stupid or bad. 
<laughs> We've actually done a few things that are pretty innovative and cool. Yeah. And one of them was taking a chance on European DJs long ago. Yeah. Okay. We've been doing this for a long time. So our scene, you know, yes, there's more people to go out in the UK. Yes, there's more people to go out in, in Ibiza. Um, but what's cool about our scene in America that's different than everyone else's is that we have everything. Yeah. We get people from Europe to come. We get people from UK to come. We got Americans here. Yeah. We got Canadians that play. Yeah. We got Mexicans that play. We got people from South America that play all over the Japanese, yeah. Chinese. Well, maybe not China, but <laughs> <laughs> Japanese, <laughs> Chinese, maybe Chinese Americans. Okay. We got a lot of Asian Americans for sure, but not actual, you know, considering what's going on right now. But the point is, is we have, what we are here from all over the world. We have a melting pot of a scene. Yeah. Whereas European scene, Europe scene is kind of just that. It's a UK, European scene. That's it. Yeah. There's not really many Americans involved unless it's like, you know, a couple, one a month in August or maybe one in July. Yeah. There aren't really, there's no fucking Canadians involved. Forget that. It's like, they don't even exist. Well, Canadians. Tiga, yeah, Tiga, that's the only yeah. one. Tiga. That's, that's it. That's it. That's, that's <laughs> what I was about to say. Tiga, that's it. In Mexico, come on. Like, y'all, they definitely not no Mexico yeah. scene. Maybe in Ibiza that I don't know about. It's probably a scene there. But for the most part, it's like the, the circle's not. And I don't know if it's race. Okay. I yeah. will say that everyone that kind of plays in Europe, outside of Cox, Jamie Jones <laughs> and MK and and MK yeah I, hate I mean mm, they kind of <laughs> they're <not> white <laughs> they're, they're just kind of not black uh, not Asian yeah and not really Hispanic mostly either so yeah. I'll just I'll just say that you know but we have to um, figure out a way to reciprocate the circle. What's your what's your thoughts um, on um I dude I, I agree I I agree man and oh, what's your thoughts on your okay so let's let's flip that a little bit and let's talk about like US festivals right mm. and we all know the big festivals sure how do you feel when you're not on the lineups you know you're bigger in these territories than sure. a lot of the artists on these lineups, but because they're big in Europe, they're coming over and being bigger on these lineups. That is the biggest kick in the nuts of them of them all. Okay. <laughs> it's the worst. And again, <laughs> it, it's it sucks, Will. It does. It's, it's really bad, yeah. to be honest with you. And and to and, you know, not to throw say any names, but I played with a lot of these dudes and toe to toe. I agree, man. They don't ha they don't stand a shot. You I know? agree. And, they, and what even makes it worse is they know it. Yeah. Right. So it puts them in an awkward position. Like fuck, you know. Especially if it's a lineup where, like, you know, I'm playing right before. Yep. Somebody who's allegedly the headliner, really big, and they know they already know what's about what's happening right now, and they're like, shit. Why is Gene playing before me? Or yeah. You know, it's just, again, again, bro, it's not the homie's fault. 
No, 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 not at all. Not at all. It's not the homies' fault. It's the promoter's fault buying into the European system. Yeah. Dude, I've I've had it. I've had it a few times. Like, and I, this is when I class myself as an American. Well, I, I don't, but I tour more in America, as you know. Like you I've, are, you you're one of us, whether you like it or not. I've man. I've had. I told you, I just thought you were still in Michigan the whole time until <laughs> so you told me you were back. You did, here. didn't you? Like I've had it a, a couple of years ago, and without saying names and where it was, but there was artists coming over from the UK that were huge in the UK, and they weren't selling tickets, and they put me on the lineup to sell tickets, and they sold out. And then it's like, same. And it's same. like, yeah. And it's like, oh, we'll give you this much money because you're doing us a favor. And it's like, well, no, this isn't how this works. And I, I don't get me wrong. I'm blessed. I'm lucky, man. I think the thing is, is that you need to, people need to put value on themselves. But also, and this is what I've learned as an artist, and I don't know if you have, when things like that started happening, it was when I was with my previous management and they would just haul me out for fucking anything so they can make their money. Absolutely. And now, like, my manager won't put me out for fucking nothing. And I won't go out for fucking nothing. Just, you have to have the right team, man. Yeah. You have to have a good team with you. Totally. And you and have to believe in yourself, That's too. the thing. That's the thing. It's it's knowing, and I think that's the frustrating thing about the whole Europe and other things like that. You know you're good, right? You know you're fucking amazing. You know your records slam. But why is no one else thinking that? Exposure, right? It's about awareness. You know, if you know, Space Girl. Yeah. Okay, let's talk Space Girl, the song I just put out on, on Dirty Bird. Yeah. If, you know, no one knew who, if they weren't aware of who I was at all as a producer, and I just put out this, this fucking slamming track, yeah. right? No one, it wouldn't chart, it wouldn't do anything. I mean, yeah. let's just think about, let's talk B-Port. Okay, yeah. let's talk B-Port shopping. Right. Okay. Before we do this, how many? Before we okay, do this, okay, I need to go okay. to the toilet. So give me two seconds. I'm just gonna. I, and I kind of got. I got to go in a second. I got to get off. I got to got to kind of run them in because I got to move the car and I got to go make some errand runs. Okay. Go carry, ahead, go pee, pee, ca- go carry, carry on with B-Port. I'm gonna hold it in and then real we quick, can wrap it up. Real quick, real quick, go real quick, because I got to leave it a little bit too. You, you just but carry on. Yeah. B-Port. Okay. Think about if you shop like I shop. Okay. I do look at the top ten. Sometimes I'm very hopeful that I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> or some of my mates, you know what I mean? Some of my mates or my boys and just so I can support this shit. Yeah. No doubt. Okay, but outside of that top 10, okay, when you're shopping, most of the things that I buy, okay, that I don't have on promo, that I don't, that I just go out and buy because I don't have it on promo, are things that they're not in the charts. Yeah. Right? They're from artists that I know who they are. Yeah. You know, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of the shit that they put out, but most people don't know who they are, yeah. right? So they're basically the Gene Ferris's and Will Clark's, but but people that they don't know. You understand yeah. what I mean? So it's it's exposure, yeah. It's awareness. It's for people to find you. If 
if I didn't have a, a huge, because my production fan base, ironically, is a lot different than my DJ fan base. Yeah. It's probably the same with you as well. Yeah. So if, you know, people didn't know who I was, Space Girl would have just been on the fucking shelf. It yeah. wouldn't have charted, it wouldn't have done shit. So it's just a matter of people being aware of us, um, being able to be exposed to us. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that um, doesn't mean you have to whore yourself out and just play fucking, you know, any and everything that you get across your desk. Yeah. In fact, quality control is the most important thing in all of this. Saying no is key, man. Yeah, man. Um, but at the same time, you have to, it's not all of our manager's responsibility. It's right. not all of our uh, age, booking agent's responsibility. It's also our responsibility to um, market ourselves and take the initiative to brand yourself yeah. and the initiative to do things to expose people to your who, sound. Who you are, yeah. You know, I have a lot of introverts friends, as we all do in this industry, who are almost anti that. Yeah. They're like, I don't want to promote my name. I'm not going to do this. It's like, then don't be mad if you're not getting booked. Yep, totally. Because you have to take the responsibility as well. It's not all on your agent. It's not all on your manager. You have to do something too, you know? Well, it's a business at the end of the day. Absolutely. It's a business. If you open a pizza shop and tell nobody about it, and you're in the corner Can't of fucking nowhere. Can't be mad nowhere. if you fucking got nobody eating your delicious pizza. Exactly. It could be the best pizza <laughs> in the world. We all know those producers that are insane producers are fucking amazing DJs. And then they don't want to promote themselves. So they're never they're never going to be good. They're never, well, they're Absolutely. Not, not be good, but they're never going to be successful. No. Yeah. They're never, they're never going to be known on a massive scale. You know, and at the end of the day... Um, that's kind of, well, you know, at the end of the day, everybody doesn't want that. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're trying to move forward in this business, you do want that. Totally. You want everybody to know, at least love me or hate me, but I want you to at least know me, yeah. who I am. You know, like Donald Trump. Everybody, everybody hates the motherfucker. <laughs> but we all know that <laughs> son of a bitch, don't we? Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things where it's like, love me or hate me, I just want you to at least be able to have the cho- the, the chance to experience yeah, me. Totally. Dude, I, t- I totally um, agree, man. And I think that's a great, great way to end. Um, yeah, man. Do your thing. Been, Go potty. It's been fucking... It's been a good conversation, man. It's been a good conversation. I know, man. We haven't spoken in a while. And I miss you, man. I miss you too. Uh, before we go... How can people follow you on Instagram and all of Twitter and all of that? What's what's the handles? And let's talk about your label uh, as well. Um, in case you all didn't know, Ferris Recordings my label. This is one of my t-shirts right here. We also have merchandise. Merchandise. Go buy it. Um, Go buy it. Yes. Um, you can follow me at Gene Ferris, G-E-N-E-F-A-R-R-I-S. That's how you spell my last name, not E. At Instagram, also on Facebook, same. Um, for my record label, is Ferris Real Recordings. is F-A with an A. Um, on Instagram is the link, link to our merch. And um, 
all our new music as well, too. The label's doing really well. You've probably seen a lot of our stuff out there right now. Um, and that's about it, really, man. That's about it. It's dope, man. See you soon. Um, you will. Hopefully, very soon. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to be back, but as soon as I'm back, let's hang out. We definitely will, man. We let's definitely will, and you will be back soon. Um, America, I'm sure we'll be on in, in a fuck-all situation <laughs> until probably November. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I say Thanksgiving, we're going to be till fuck all. Yeah. Um, But you all will probably be out of the darkness before we will over there, to be honest. Hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. Keeping my fingers crossed. And if we are, I'm going to start a party and you're fucking coming to play. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do a Will Clark, Gene Ferris fucking party in the UK and start our own fucking invasion, man. Dude, I think this is the only way. I think it's the only way to change it. it. The more and more I'm thinking of it is... The only way I think we're going to change it is by people that really give a fuck about it is going to take risks. That's it. And doing it ourselves. They're lucky I don't live in the UK. I would do it. You know I would. Gene yeah. Ferris and friends would be running some shit over Everywhere. there. Everywhere. I'm going to do it. Watch this space, baby. Let's do it. I'm there. Give Keep safe, man. Look after yourself. Yeah, you too, man. Love you, buddy. Love you, dude. Love you. Peace. So that is a wrap. I absolutely loved that conversation. It was good. It was real. It was proper raw. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, if you could go share this with everyone, I think a lot of people will learn a lot of good things from this episode. Big ups. Keep safe. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If you want to review, review away in the uh, in the review bar below. I love you all forever, and I'll see you very soon. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.